five minutes to fur what it's worth live. Yes, we can see you checking out the porn on your phone while you wait. Feeling a little snacky? Feeling a tad little grumbly in the tumbly? Check out our concession stand. It's packed with your favorite treats. Save a fox, use a condom, listen to Fur What It's Worth. Two minutes, two minutes. This is your two minute warning to your Fur What It's Worth live show. For your convenience, trash cans are located near the exits. Please don't litter in the theatre, lest we forget about the crying Indian.
Silence your mobile phones, tablets, vibrators, and other noise-making electrical devices now. If you think you have, do us a favor and double-check. Don't be that guy who has his phone go off during the show. Thank you. This is Reno, Nevada. Once a city of 200,000 people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until yesterday, could only be fathomed in the darkest corners of the internet. It's big and terrible. How big? I need details. Well, George, I don't think even Barca could take it. final line of defense. Is there anything that can stop it now? I think I may have found a solution to our predicament. It seems the monster is weakened by radio waves, but we'll need a particular pair of tools to pull this off. You don't mean... I believe you are familiar with... what is bird? So the fate of the world left with those imbeciles, tugs, and rue? God help us. Are you ready? No. <laughs> get a computer! God! I'm on my phone! I'm good. I'm ready. At least get an iPad. Then you look like you have money. Uh, you don't casino. have money. I work with disability. I mean, sorry. I work with people that have oh! handicaps. Oh! I don't have a lot of money! Oh! <laughs> sorry, that was really terrible. <laughs> there are people here who have that. Uh, oh, wow! The state funds those programs, so the state doesn't have enough money, okay? I help them find employment so they do have money. So there you go. Mm-mm. <laughs> <sighs> I just handed out condoms! Yeah! Okay. No, I didn't save it. You're terrible. Are we? Are we? Welcome, everybody. There's actually a good number of people here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, no, we're starting. Oh, we have yeah, that was just I was just giving you crap like I always do. Oh, it's that gonna actually be in the recording? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Ah, okay. So what are we talking? Oh, what what's going on here today, Mr. Tugs? I'll fade the music, I guess. We're here to save the world. So today we uh, this is for what it's worth live BLFC. The topic today is how do I fit in this biggest little world? The topic today is. Why am I in Reno? What? <laughs> Nothing. 
Oh my gosh, ducks. Okay. So, what have you been up to? Sleep. Okay. Has so everyone has been here for a while, right? Who did anyone get here today? Please tell me no one got here today. Okay, good. Who got here on Wednesday? Did yeah. Wednesday totally not feel like a Friday? Like you go down to that spot outside the elevators where nobody is supposed to be hanging out and everybody is hanging out, right? I went down there and I couldn't handle it. I was like, nope. I went right back upstairs because I had just gotten here and I just traveled. And then I don't know what's been happening since, but it's like the world is exploding a little bit more every night. I haven't been drinking that much. I want you to, I, tonight I'm drinking. Tonight you We've are. got two liters of vodka. That, that's because you've been stressed out about this show. Yes. Why is the vodka not here? <laughs> and then what happens is we get here and everything is just like falling apart. Yay! Yeah. So <laughs> like we, we so a normal episode takes around ten to twelve hours in, front, in the full production cycle, and this takes about six episodes of effort to do. And we got all these plans. I did get a new soundboard, by the way. Like it's actually like a thing. Ooh. I know, right? I should have seen <laughs> It is an Elgato stream deck. And I spent time doing that and putting this together. And we get here, and then the overhead audio doesn't work. It, it's the little things. <laughs> don't need audio. So I have a quick question for our lovely audience. Who here are one of our six listeners? Okay, yay, six <laughs> listeners. Woo! So... Um, I'm guessing the rest of you don't know what for what it's worth is, so we'll um, let you know a little bit about what it's about. For what it's worth is a podcast that helps people find the fandom and get integrated into the fandom. Is that what this show's supposed to be about? I've been on like six <laughs> times now, and I still have no idea. I'm confused. Well, we, we talk about lots of different topics, and we just, you know... Usually when I'm here, we end up just faffing off and doing crazy things, so, you know... Pretty much. Say. Usually, whenever you're here, you just take control of the whole entire show, and... <laughs> <laughs> I take no responsibility. But it's awesome. Ever. That's why we have you on here. And then to my left, we have our guest, Keo. Hi. Yay! Has anyone it's listened to Fuzzy one. Logic? Listened to Fuzzy Logic? The Long oh, Dead podcast? Long Dead. Long Dead. Womp womp. Okay, well, nobody did. Sorry. Yep, I know. <laughs> Everybody's forgotten you I already. I didn't even, so it's cool. <laughs> Kyo, I just want to warn you, too, because that is my microphone. If you want anyone to hear you whatsoever, you better eat that. Like, chug it. Chug it. Yeah, just get oh, on that. Fine. Go down on that microphone. Say hi. And then over here, we have our lovely audio guy that's helping, um, and that's Nuka. Nuka. I'm not Nuka. I'm sorry. Whoa. Lyric. That's Lyric. I'm sorry. Over here in the white... <laughs> That's Nuka over there. Sorry, I hung out with him all night last night and um, had a lot of fun playing Clipflash. You should just like sit up here. <laughs> you, just, you two can just swap randomly at this point. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tugs, I'm not doing very well. You go. You no, take the No, this race. is great. I keep failing. That means I'm not failing. So, what have you done this con so far? And I'm special guest star sliced bread, apparently. Or you know, Oh, oh, and over here. <laughs> He'll be here all night. Hi, everybody. Hi, introduce yourself. Who no. are you? Do you remember my name? Just want to no, make sure. Okay. Never. Yeah. Have I ever actually introduced myself as anything other than just the bunny? I'm not sure. No, I just call you bunny. There you go. Yeah, there you go. so. From the long defunct podcast, Live in the Hop In, and part of the fox and bunny network there you know Woo, dead podcast yay dead podcast we collect all the ghosts all of this... previously living podcasts <laughs> womp, womp. now available on itunes 
<laughs> in the ever-present past. So, Tugs, what have you done so far at this convention? <laughs> Watch you make a fool of yourself. Yay! Uh, oh, wait, wait. You know what? Before I do that, I'm going to push the button. Everyone wants to see you do this for real. I like being anal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't fun. know if this is called for what it's worth or for make fun of Rue time or something. I don't know. That was that failed. We have condoms. <laughs> we uh, have plenty of those. Yeah. Let's see. We got pink. They're now. not. They're oh, not doing. One. They're not doing very well at saving me though. Nope. Maybe I need to be like holding one or something. You need to wear leather chaps. <sighs> Assless chaps. Oh my god. Yes, my child. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as assless chaps. They're all assless. Says the ass. <laughs> for all of you that are not watching this in 1080p uh there is a 4k oh you guys upgraded that's wow. right fancy aren't we just fancy with our 4k over here there so Mastodon. let's let's go over to our guest over here um how has your convention experience been so far insanity <laughs> oh my god this con got so big in one year um wednesday we're just kind of staring around like there's a few thousand people here already. What's going on? It's awesome. It's crazy. It's crazy how BLFC has grown so quickly. Like, I remember when there was just, like, a few dozen people here. Back in my day. Back in the day. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stupid member barriers in my conjunct this year, and I'm not happy about it. To answer your question from five minutes ago, not a whole lot. I'm getting old, or my job is killing me, or a little of both. Because I go on vacation now, and the first day is, oh, I'm so tired. Mm, I want to go do stuff. Well, I have been in your room. Do you want Giggity. me to speak about your room? We can talk about Giggity. the blanket fort. Oh my gosh! I don't know where my fucking badges. What's up? Yeah, with that? totally. The blanket fort. He has like you have like Care Bear like everywhere on the walls and everything. It's like this Back to most amazing thing ever. If you ever have a chance to job, drop by his room, you totally should. It's not an open room. <laughs> <laughs> Even more giggity. Just convince Tugs. Do the special taps. Do the special knock. The Bye, Jason. Knock. Bye, Jason. They have Wi-Fi. It works for three seconds a time. That's why we're not streaming. All right, so I think it's about time. Okay. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. I am not reading this fortune. <laughs> oh, this is so perfect here, though. <laughs> Tears are the urine of our eye penises. In, in bed with the cookie. No! Where did, this co- where did this fortune cookie come from? This is quite clearly not from it's Rim from, upstairs. It's, Actually, from, it's ma- from the makers of Cards Against Humanity. Okay, so given that the name of the place upstairs is the Asian food restaurant is called Rim, I think we're gonna say it's quite possible that it may have been a rimming cookie or something. I'm not sure. All right, anybody want this fortune? It is okay, come get it. Definitely <laughs> interesting. And gone. You're supposed to throw it at him and make him bleed. That's what you do. <laughs> You That's what I do. People. You're in the same spot. 
It's a danger zone. Oh, Tears. I don't have anything hard pieces. to throw good. I'm safe. There's okay, a so a couple things that we need um, to let all of our audience know is this panel is a very different panel. I mean, as much as I like to just sit up here and, you know, just talk and talk and talk, it's really boring. So this is an open forum. Oh, so God. We want as many participants as possible. If you have something to say, we have a microphone over by Tugs over there. And then over by the ass, we have a microphone over there. Why is there a chair over there? I don't know. Why'd you point to me? Sorry, no, it's not you. <laughs> I guess oh, if you have to wait a while, there's a chair over there. If you, I feel like we just got like Walmart wheelchairs put into this panel on accident. Walmart wheelchairs? What? You know, like... Never mind. Oh, okay. Nobody knows what goes through the mind of Tugs, but it's Walmart wheelchairs. You, you've, you've seen people at Walmart. No, no, I don't actually go to Walmart, nor do I want to ever stand in one or ever stand near one. But Two feet. So just to keep this uh, the ball rolling a little bit. Tugs, that just sounds wonderful on mic, too. Just keep doing that. Just, just are, are randomly. Are you wanting the audience to be on their knees? Giggity. Your oh. fans? No. <laughs> Oh, 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 thank you. Oh, 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 okay. Thank you. Now there's a chair. That's how it works. Well, you got to really get up there. Like, you've really got to want to make love to the mic. Yeah. Gotta love it. So, when you come up and speak to the mic, please introduce who you are of, of some way of just saying your name real quick. Uh, the reason why is because this is going to be in audio format, not visual format. So, therefore, people won't actually be able to see. You just said talking. you upgraded to 4K. Come on, man. We're in 4K audio. What? 4K audio, yeah. Oh, well, that's disappointing. So. <laughs> like many things on this show, <laughs> this is also disappointing you. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you got what you paid for, and you didn't pay for much. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, who are you? Who, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> Me? I am just some random schmuck that you found off the street one day, and I don't understand why I ever got invited to these things here. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, thank you. I don't know nothing. That was good to know. So, no, 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 no. Well, so let's, you know. let's turn to our, our, our actual guest here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Persona Avocado Toast. No. I'm just kidding. Um, so t- tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, I'm a fox. It's really... Oh, man. Okay. Fine. I'll get on the microphone. Um, I you so home. I'm Keo. I did a podcast three years ago. Three years ago. Uh, Fuzzy Logic. It was a advice and I think it was just an advice podcast honestly um so it was kind of like this show but not (laughs) um so yeah no I just used to do podcasts I did podcasts with um not cast and stuff for a while so before we did our own show but so why podcasting Honestly, it was just a really good form at the time because, like, YouTube was still kind of in its, like, wee legs. Like, oh, look, it's all for comedy stuff. And it was a, I mean, podcasting is a really good way to get to know your audience because once they send in the letters and it's like, okay, I can help people and share, you know, knowledge with people, which I don't have. So it's all cool. So, how long have you been in the fandom? Oh, God. What, how much? How much time is one god? <laughs> one god. Um, god, fifteen years? Fifteen years? Something 15, like that. See, I think you should have a video podcast though, because you're beautiful. I have a face for radio, but you know, show off that purple. Whatever, you are beautiful. Well, I mean, that's why I have this hood, so that way nobody can see my face, as I've been wearing the entire time, as those have seen it in 4K. <laughs> 
All right. Just go with it, people. <laughs> Never okay. mind. So you you have come up with so Rue did all of the show notes and I did everything else. So explain because I usually do it what you would like people to share about your topic. Okay. All right. So this is what the topic that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking a little bit about how do I fit in this biggest little world. So um, how do I fit within the furry fandom? And how do I fit within um, the community? How do I fit within my job? Um, how do I fit within my work? And then, um, of course, last of all, we'll be talking about how do I fit within myself? So I know it's a very to um, serious topic, but I think it's a great um, topic because I feel like that a lot of furries, especially with, um, I mean, maybe, maybe Mr. Nuka can speak to this at some point in time. Dr. Nuka. He um, paid for that degree. Yes, yes, he did. Um, you know, I think that everybody has had at some point in time a hard time fitting in. I know, giggity, somebody say that. Thank you, Mr. Everyone Ass. Knows you're for uh, I know, totally. what's with this microphone here? I have like the Bob Barker microphone of hell. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the match game. <laughs> no, that's not how it's going to work. I just like holding this microphone for some reason now, stroking it lovingly. Please feel touching free. It. <laughs> oh yeah, we have I've got these. plenty. It's true. Actually, useless fact about condoms and microphones. Did you know that they actually use condoms on the mics, the body mics, for almost all of Broadway shows? I yes. believe it. Yeah, they give them fresh batteries and the condoms on the mics to make sure that they don't go bad and, and get shorted out in the middle of the performance. Huh. Yeah. Because Broadway people are sweaty. So the first Giggity. question that I want to ask is what a purpose? What is what is purpose? How do you define purpose? How do you define purpose? Oh God, on the spot. Um, I define I, purpose by getting by the microphone and telling everybody about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to drink a couple hours. <laughs> Why are you waiting? Doesn't somebody have booze now? Because I have expensive equipment. I don't want to break. Uh, let's purpose. We want booze. Just, I'm, I mean, if I had to define purpose, it would probably just be, you know, what is your point of being? I, I mean, if we're gonna, what is your, what is your point? What is your point? <laughs> well, let's ask the audience. What would you say is purpose? Our definition of a purpose. Hey Siri, what's purpose? Oh. Do you want to come up to the mic? All right, so get right up on that mic. There you go. It's top Hello. address. My name is Hunter, and if I had to define purpose, I'd say it's something that you want to do and actually end up doing. Awesome. Any other comments? Somebody needs to get that Mr. Peanut Butter quote about like just going and doing stuff to fill the time. Purpose. <laughs> Gotta get real close to this, huh? All right. So I'm Zanny, and I think purpose ends up influencing our motivations. Our thoughts, our processes, we eventually do come to a goal. We end up doing it, whether we want to or not. But it becomes the most important value of what we do. I'm going to just ask somebody randomly in the audience. Mr. Nuka, hi! I'm Doctor, Doctor Nuka. oh my god. God, the man paid for it. What, Give it to him. <laughs> what would you define as purpose? In the There's a microphone. You should sit informally with the audience. I don't get paid to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's my combo answer. Uh, 
Since I always do it, Google defines it as the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So does uh, does anybody know Avenue Q? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Somebody sing that song, please. Can anybody? We it's that little flame that lights a fire under your ass. <laughs> purpose. It keeps you going strong like a car on a full tank of gas. Everyone has a purpose. Very nice. <laughs> awesome. So, question. Why do people have the need to fit in? Yeah, dogs. To prov- no, um, I, so I really do want to be snarky, but I'm not going to be. Uh, because if you don't fit in, you've got a lot of actual real consequence. I don't want to say problems, but consequence from that. Because I'm sure everyone in this room at some point has felt like they haven't fit in or that they haven't quite fit in the way they want to fit in. There's varying degrees of this. And when you don't fit in, then you have low self-esteem, and in extreme cases, you feel like not being around anymore. See, I just got real. Go ahead. Oh, now he's giving an answer. <laughs> That's a question that I answer. What was the question again? Um, why do people have the need to fit in? Well, from an evolutionary perspective, you could say that we evolved as a social species, and those who didn't fit in didn't survive. Our strength is in our ability to cooperate and work together, whether it's bringing down large prey or whether it's just finding protection because we're kind of frail by ourselves. And so, yes, evolutionarily, we needed to fit in in order to survive, and that sort of need has sort of persisted well into today. Well, that starts our lovely topic. Do you want to segue right into our topic, Mr. Tugs? Uh, I'm not sure what you want me to do. <laughs> I'm I'm looking. I'm like lots of good. You questions. know, you know, you you give me all this gruff for not following the show notes. I well, have here the show we go. Notes right here. <laughs> so, how do I fit within this fandom? That's the next um, topic that we're going to be talking about. Mm. So, um, the question is: Is does the furry fandom have requirements um, slash expectations to be a part of it? What are the social requirements needed in order to be a part of the fandom? Uh, a pulse. A pulse. A pulse. Even that's not required sometimes. This is this is open to the audience. Okay, okay. So who's who? Is this anyone's first con? Hi. Yeah. Right. Hi, Hachi. Um. By the way, I saw you in the elevator and I didn't say hi. Oh, I didn't recognize you. I I know you didn't. That's why I didn't say hi. <laughs> Meeting someone in an elevator is like a crappy hello. By the way, that's why I didn't say hi. Like, hey, how are you? Oh, I wanted to meet you forever. Okay, bye. Like, <laughs> bye, Felicia. Um, so when you guys came here to your first con and you walked in, did you feel like, crap, I better not screw this up? No. no. Not at all. You thought, okay, I'm just going to be perfect the whole time? Come on, no one thought no, that. I, I said, fuck it. Fuck it, okay. Uh, it was like going into the doorway of another magical realm, honestly. But at some level, were you guys thinking, I don't want to fuck this up? I did. My first FC way back in the day. It, it was basically like walk in the door and it's like, holy crap, magical creatures everywhere. I want to go to a oh, dog oh, oh, them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My people. For first timers, who, who walked in and said, I'm home? Yes. I think a lot of us did. I, felt that I think a lot of us did. 
I don't know, man. I think one of the greatest things about the furry fandom and coming to one of these conventions is everyone's wearing a name badge, so I know who the hell they are. <laughs> Hello. It's like I love you. you all individually, but I have no idea who you are. Who are you again? I have no idea. <laughs> Let me check my name badge. Ah, it says Reno the Rabbit. I wonder whose name badge I stole last time. Anyway. Lyric had some words of wisdom. So I'd say one of the one of the things I love about coming to a convention is it, you get to be around people that aren't necessarily afraid to be vulnerable. So they're 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 showing up. They're okay with being seen. Um, and I think we live our day to day lives where in, in many cases we go to work, we're wearing armor, and we come home and we're still wearing that armor. And sometimes we even forget to take it off. And so that has a whole another connotation so i think coming here and being able to be vulnerable and it's like okay yeah this is who i am yes i'm accepted yes i'm a little odd but here i'm not quite as odd as i would be in just the general public and so that sense of community and belonging i think it's a lot easier to say fitting in but in another way i feel like we're here but we're not necessarily trying to fit in we're actually being our authentic selves because i feel like fitting in is more i have to disown pieces of myself to fit in and which means i'm taking shame to the table right and i don't feel like i have to do that here and so i think that's a huge benefit of why i would get pcd when i go home because i have to again put it all back on and go okay i guess i want to live authentic today but if i live authentic today my boss isn't going to like it you know i mean these are real conversations so anyway that's my take on that thank you so is there any well i'm going to ask you a follow-up question then do you think that there's anything that people um, need or furries need in order to actually be a furry is there any money so they buy stuff from us at the table (laughs) (laughs) is there any sort of requirements can anybody think of any requirements a knowledge of (laughs) rabbitvalley.com sorry gratuitous marketing moment thank you very much buy things Honestly, if I had to break it down, it's probably a social acceptance. If you come into this expecting it to be the most, if you expect it to be something when you walk in, then you're going to be mildly disappointed if you're looking for, because everyone has subgroups that they're looking for uh, in life. Say you're looking for a certain type of person for your like significant, uh, significant other um, but when you're coming into, say, a fan, the, the, the furry fandom, you have to go in with a certain acceptance of just everyone because there's so many different demographics in the fandom. I think it's a little bit strange because you got this subset of humanity, which I think, Nuka, through your research, could probably say that this is all just a bunch of people at the end of the day. Uh, you've got your clicks in real life, you've got your people in real life. It's just that out here at one of these, people can actually say, hey, do you mind if I pet you because you're cute and fluffy? <laughs> you know, we don't normally walk up to another person, at least at least half the population doesn't normally just walk up to another person in a the population they've never met before and start having a conversation. You know, we tend to stick with who we know, but in this, it's like, oh my God, you're adorable. Can I touch your tail? Oh my God, you're so fluffy. Yes, you're so fluffy. (laughs) I want to pet you and have friends with you and whatnot. Oh, you're a bunny rabbit too. Sweet. Let's go hang out and raid vegetable gardens. You know, (laughs) it's, it's a little bit unusual for that. And if you're not taking advantage of the situation that you're in right now, knowing that you are in a place where people have 
no vulnerabilities basically you can go up and just start a conversation with someone and enjoy it as long as you're not creeping on them uh you should really try to do that go meet someone you've never met before have a conversation enjoy it and realize that this is part of your human experience strangely enough <laughs> all right k-dub right um ahem. so in other words basically what lyric said you know with the whole armor thing um, you know, one requirement of being in this fandom is you pull the stick out of your ass and be who you are. Some, and now, don't take that the wrong way. I know some people have jobs where you have to walk like you have a stick up your ass. Did the donkey just say that he has to pull the stick out of his ass? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, there's a bad dragon booth over there. You could try to use something a little softer instead. I'm just pointing this out. They have lubricant, too. They don't have a stick, though. All right, Maybe there is a definite that. gratuitous marketing moment right there. There's an opportunity. <laughs> that dragon, right. they, can, the they can use that for their April Fools. Nars, no. if you're listening, you need to design the stick up the, the ass. Stick. The stick. We have a model right now. I'd be more than happy oh, to goodness. spread. Product evil. testing. Product testing department, yeah. No, but, you know, honestly, you know, just be yourself. You can be who you are here. And, if, you know, if some people don't like it, that's their problem. All right, Mr. Perry, did what? you have something? Uh, he's standing okay, there go ahead. pretty. Step up to the mic. So going back to an old uh, psychologist, I think, aspect of personas. So you have the work persona. Oh, I can't use cuss words. You have a higher level of vocabulary, more formal. And then you, there's your family persona where you're like, okay, I can't talk about the buddies I've fucked in front of these people. So We have much f- different families. <laughs> no, mine's actually the same way. The I, first thing I come my sister said. a long said, line of rabbits. So, you know. <laughs> first thing my sister said after she came home from her wedding was, I had sex. <laughs> but, um. We expect that. So, I know. That was my first question. But as far as furry cons, this is where we can take that I'm a furry persona. I, ident- I like identifying as this species or a different gender. And you can put that mask on and go beyond with it. Plus ultra. Oaken. Your dress is a fucking donkey. Don't talk to me about fucking what. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm Oaken Fox. Hello. Um, I've been to a few panels uh, yesterday and today. Um, the social anxiety panel was really neat, um, just talking about how a lot of people have a hard time jumping in and uh, having a good time. And basically, that's what makes this fandom great is there is no expectations or requirements for what you, to be furry, it's you just be you. And uh, it's amazing. And then I think uh, Nuka mentioned that in his uh, panel earlier today about um, various things. Um, the particular one that stood out to me was about how like Star Trek or Star Wars fan dumbs, there are requirements for that. And to meet those expectations, you have to follow the social recommendations to be in there. And so that's why I think this fandom's awesome. So You know, that's actually a really good point because this is the paper bag that you put on your head that you choose what the color is, if that makes any sense. You know, like, you're not just going into this saying, hey, I am a big fluffy thingy but you get to choose everything about it Uh, someone once said that furries are fans of themselves and so uh, which i think is the most accurate description of actually i think it was rob paulson i think who said that it was 
at Anthrocon. He was, uh, is he the voice actor for Yakko? Is that the person? Do I have the right? Yakko and Pinky. Yakko and Pinky, yeah. So, uh, no, Pink, yeah, that's right, it was Pinky. I was thinking brain for a second. But yeah, like, he was like, these guys are all fans of themselves. And it's like, true, there is nothing. We are creating all of this stuff. That's the, one of the reasons why I hang around as long as I have. God help me, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's going to be 30 years for Rabbit Valley this year. Wow. Started in 87. Yep. Lyric has something. Go ahead. So I'm talking more on like the vulnerability standpoint because I think this is really important. I'm going to drive this home because you come here and you know to be who you are, to be inherently vulnerable. I mean, a lot of times we confuse it with weakness. And so like when you think about that, it's like being perceived as weak in the public eye. You know, it's like, well, that's not me. Right. I don't I don't want to be perceived as weak. But what I found is that people who are actually courageous are doing acts of courage, which to me, that's more of the act of courage isn't necessarily braving, but it's more of being who you are um, and loving with your whole heart is kind of the idea of courage. That's the root word courage. Um, I think that when we put these suits on, when we interact with each other here at a con like this, I think oftentimes we we find ourselves being naturally it's a lot easier to be courageous, to be who you are, to be vulnerable, to show up, to let yourself be seen. Um, and I think that's why coming here, even for me, you know, I did have a little bit of anxiety for various reasons, whether it be work, whether it be, okay, you know, once I'm here, there's people I haven't met that I've been talking to online, you know, what's gonna happen? Are they gonna talk to me after we meet? You know, it's, well, and it's like, why? You know, you, you start to ask yourself that question, you know, am I worthy of love and belonging? And what's interesting with the furry fandom that I love, and especially with Dr. Nuka and some of his research, is we find that even if that's my default to think that, we are so much well above naturally accepting of loving and belonging to people, regardless of what they tell you, even if you're not into it. You know, they could tell you they're into something that's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel so great about that, but you know what? I, you seem like a really cool person. I want to hang out with you. Like, to me, that really kind of encompasses the fandom, especially at a furry con. So back to our guest, why are you in this community and why did you join the fandom? Well, there was really nice porn on the internet, so <laughs> um, honestly, it's weird because I didn't expect it to become something so encompassing of my life. It did start with the, oh, look, there's a penis. That looks nice. Oh, my. I have never seen a penis quite like this before. <laughs> oh, a pee-pee. <laughs> I want you just to talk in that Southern Belle voice as I go down on you. I want you to know that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what, you said it was 18 plus? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is explicit. So It is now. Welcome to my life. Um, <laughs> and uh, when I went to college and I went to my first FurCon, I went to a Method Fur Meet down in Memphis. And Say it in a southern voice. Down in. Down in Memphis. Oh. <laughs> Always go down, honey. Getting moist over here. <laughs> um, it turned into. See, I got to be careful because that voice is going to stick. Um, Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I went to the fir my first furcon, and it was just this really weird. Everyone was like me, and it was this weird, just feeling of family. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, everyone was just really accepting, and it was kind of a weird kind of because I've been to anime cons before, and you don't get the same feeling because everyone's su subsected off at. Um, 
in the anime communities between like, oh, I'm a Yaoi fan. Oh, I like the Jump series, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Whereas in the furry community, everyone has one base thing they like, and it kind of stuck me in the fandom. And then I started meeting a whole bunch of friends and stuff, and then I ended up in Dallas with a whole bunch of friends uh, who were all furries, and now it's encompassing my entire life. Yay, furries. the best. They're everywhere. All right. Any anybody else that wants to share anything of why they joined the furry fandom? Just shut your mouth, honey. Pop your mouth open there and just talk with your mouth. A prepared statement. Ooh, even better. Wow. I do love when they come prepared. We'd like to thank you for coming here to this congressional session here. And uh, what do you have to say about uh, the firing of Mr. Comey? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you said you had a prepared statement. Okay, here's the prepared statement. Yes. All right. So, hi, my name's Oaken Fox. For me, I have uh, found that I fit into this biggest little world by deciding that I wanted to fit in. My story of getting into this fandom is not one of glorious moments and fluff. It's one that brings a, about, it does not bring good feelings for me. I never thought in a million years that I would be here today in front of all of you sharing my story and current life as a furry. Like some, I was very confused in high school when I started looking at general transformation art and stories and becoming very fond and intimate with them. I was a 90s kid and probably have Animorphs and all the great cartoons and CG to, to thank for that. Hey, Animorphs. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I couldn't understand these feelings that I had and the urge to seek them uh, out and more and more art became greater and greater over time. Eventually I found myself clicking that first link to Fur Affinity. I had no idea uh, what this was about to lead me into. I recall how I felt like it was just yesterday when I saw a fursuit picture for the first time on Fur Affinity and thinking, whoa, that's, that's kind of weird. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to avoid that part of FA. Um, and I recall when I first saw you know, furry art on there and the rush of that happiness um, the burst of the cuteness and the fluff popping out of the screen uh, was just so amazing. Um, but then that little demon creeped in, shame and fear. Uh, and, uh, you know, what if somebody sees me uh, looking at this stuff and what, what if they find out? What am I going to do? So like a python squeezing the life out of its prey, I was crippled with a paralyzing thought. I stopped looking at furry art for several months after that. And that feeling of shame and fear sucked the life out of me. Eventually, uh, you have that little tingle in the back of your head that keeps saying, hey, hey. And eventually, I went back to FA. And unfortunately, that feeling was still there several months later. Um, and I think the biggest reason why that came back is because I was an accomplished amateur and professional athlete in my particular sport. And people knew who I was, and I was concerned about them finding out and um, that they think of me as a freak. Um, but that, that tingle kept prodding me along and pushing me further and further along, along the path until uh, uh, eventually I created my own like furry bubble where I made these conditions where I would, it was okay to look at art. And that was basically late at night when everyone was asleep at the house, so there was no chance of anybody finding out. And I sat in that bubble for 10 years. During my last year of college, I was struck with a sudden realization that I was nearly done with school and that uh, other than my career plans, I didn't really have anything. And so 
um, I, I was also sexually confused at that point with respect to just being with people and my interest in the fandom. And after reaching out to a close friend of mine, uh, he basically pushed me and said, you know what, go explore it. Go find out what, if it's something you really enjoy or not. And uh, it was really hard to, to overcome that shame and doubt, but feeling that for 10 years, um, I got sick of feeling that. And so I just, I popped that bubble and jumped right in. Um, those fears still exist in the background for me, but the feelings and uh, reward has been much greater for me and it outweighs that. Today I tried pretty much just jump, jumping in anything that I can do and uh, my fursuit has taken me to so many great places. Um, uh, I've gone to several charity events and, and there was this moment uh, where the small child who had just barely learned to start walking, um, he was in his parents' arms and he saw me and they set him down and, and he had just learned to walk and he walked like several hundred feet to come give me a hug with the biggest smile on his face just filled with pure joy and it just it melted me a lot <laughs> and uh, I was even crying I still cry about it when I think about it um, or the satisfaction that I get when I host events in my hometown and I see um, you know, those, those social anxiety furs who are, it's their first event. They finally gained up the courage to finally come to an event and meet other furries. And I see them in the corner all by themselves. So I, I go out of my way to introduce myself to them and introduce themselves to others. And the reward I get from that, seeing them progress and, and make their own way into the fandom. Uh, it's so, it's so rewarding. It, you can't even describe it. And so, even though my bubble still exists, my decision to expand my bubble uh, has changed my life. And coming here and, and feeling like that I belong and that I'm not alone in this biggest little community in the world, um, it's, it's changed me. And I'm finally happy now because I am a furry. You gave him his hand. I, I gave I gave him a hand. Yeah, everybody did. Thank His you. Thank you for sharing that. Ridge. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing random Futurama <laughs> quotes. All right. Fine. Well, no, but I think it's about time to go to break for a second. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Wednesday, May twenty fourth, here are your space headlines. I mentioned last time that the ISS launch had slipped to 2019, but I need to make a correction. I had said that one of the reasons was due to damage to the Michaud manufacturing facility. That likely had something to do with it, but the real reason is closer to the rocket than that. Inspectors found damage to both the liquid oxygen tank as well as the liquid hydrogen tank that will be used in the core stage. This isn't because of the tornado that struck the facility, but a mishap at the facility back on May 3rd. The damage in question was to a test article, not actual flight hardware. Details on this mishap haven't been shared. I apologize for the mistake. I hope this clears things up. The primary reflector for the ultra-massive James Webb Telescope has arrived at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston for a crucial test. Engineers are going to put the spacecraft inside one of the largest vacuum chambers in the world to simulate the frigid temperatures of outer space. This is crucial because you want to make sure all the parts of your telescope work at the temperatures they'll be operating at before throwing it into orbit. And this is doubly important because the telescope is so massive that in order to fit it inside the fairing that will protect it during launch, the primary reflector has to be folded up, then unfolded once in space. 
If it can't do this, then the mission will be a total failure since it can't do any observation while folded. The telescope is going to spend three months in testing to confirm that all moving parts, computers and electronics, and other key systems function as expected under deep chill conditions. It's just another step on the journey to space for the telescope that ate the budget. Once deployed and online, James Webb will have the capacity to see light far fainter than Hubble, with a larger viewable field and higher resolution. Astronomers are absolutely chomping at the bit to get the data this spacecraft collects. Here's to a successful round of tests. A few months ago, the White House requested NASA to perform a feasibility study for adding crew to the first flight of the SLS, Exploration Mission 1. Many were concerned about the safety of such a decision, and a lot of people became rather impassioned on the point. Well, NASA has concluded their study and weighed in with the decision. The maiden flight of the Space Launch System will remain uncrewed, and I have to tell you I am deeply relieved. What's more, the White House has accepted this decision. In an administration noted for its pushing forward with policy despite warnings against it, seeing them accept this decision leaves me breathing a sigh of relief. Reasons for rejecting the concept were largely due to safety. In a crew vehicle, you have to have all your hardware certified and rated for human flight. That takes time. A lot of time. And because having crew requires additional facilities, life support, food, water, personal items, etc., it makes the spacecraft that much heavier. In order to still accomplish what they had hoped to with this flight, NASA would need to ramp up production of a new cryogenic upper stage they've been working on specifically for crewed flight. It's nowhere near ready, and again, it has to be rated for human flight. That means tests. Lots of them. And that would push the first flight into the early to mid-2020s. Already, EM-1 has been pushed to sometime in 2019, so there didn't seem to be any sense in delaying it even more just to put crew on an untested rocket. This way, NASA can still have a crewed EM-2 mission while validating so much of the hardware for human flight on EM-1. I cannot put into words how relieved I am to hear all of this. Recently, Blue Origin conducted a test of their new BE-4 engine on a test stand in West Texas. This is the kind of test meant to suss out problems, find bugs and inefficiencies so that engineers can fine-tune the hardware and software. Well. They found one really big problem, and it's going to delay future tests for a bit. During the test, they had a, quote, mishap, end quote, which resulted in the loss of a power pack. What's a power pack? Well, in this instance, it's a part of the engine that contains things like turbo pumps, valves, and other assorted bits of plumbing that transport fuel and oxidizer to the combustion chamber. It's basically a jet engine inside your rocket engine. It can even house an alternator to generate electricity from the reactant flow and pressure from the reaction chamber. The BE-4 is the engine the ULA has chosen to power their Vulcan rocket, still under design and construction. It will also power Blue Origin's new Glenn rocket, which is set to have a maiden flight in 2020. So there's a lot of pressure, and not just in the turbo pumps. Ah! It's the largest methane-burning rocket engine ever produced, so there are bound to be problems. So it's not unexpected. There's going to be a minor delay in testing, but the smart folks at Blue Origin are on the case. In related news, Aerojet Rocketdyne's AR-1 has passed a major design review not long after completing a hot-fire test of the engine's pre-burner. What makes this part of the engine interesting is that it uses a proprietary alloy and 3D printing in its manufacturing. The ULA has been holding the AR-1 as a backup for the Vulcan rocket should Blue Origin's BE-4 fail to meet demand. 
Right now, Blue Origin is about a year or two ahead of Aerojet Rocketdyne in development, but this setback with the hot fire test could give them a small chance to catch up a little. Stay tuned for more information. Recently, back on Monday, May 15th, SpaceX launched another naked Falcon 9 carrying a satellite for Inmarsat. This is the heaviest payload the Falcon 9 has carried to geotransfer orbit to date, weighing just over 6,000 kilograms. With such a heavy payload and so far to fly, they had to fly the rocket in expendable mode, using every last bit of fuel to get into orbit, leaving nothing to try and land. This is the fourth satellite Inmarsat has put into space and was originally supposed to fly on the Falcon Heavy, but rocketry. Timeline slip. The fact that a bared naked Falcon 9 with no recovery hardware of any sort can still put something that heavy, that high into space is pretty impressive. Just wait until Falcon Heavy comes online. Launches like this will become extremely rare. That's all this time. For more on space and space-related matters, check out the social media for all agencies and companies mentioned. And don't forget to check out my long-form podcast, Committed to Launch, at committedtolaunch.com, and at launchcommit on Twitter. If you've got a question about space, send it on in. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. We're doing breaks on the spot. <laughs> you go whenever you want. Welcome to another episode of Fifty Sheds of Grey. That's right. The Shedning. I'm going to start off with a reading from the second book. Why, oh why, have I fallen for someone who is plain crazy, beautiful, sexy as fuck, richer than, how do you pronounce that? I have no idea. Croesus? Have you read this book? (laughs) (laughs) And crazy with a capital K. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why... We paid money for the privilege. Why do we have, like... Oh, here we go. He leans down and kisses me, his fingers still moving rhythmically inside me, his thumb circling and pressing. This is written by a gay guy, I swear. <laughs> this is basically my equivalent knowledge of what sex is, because I have no idea how the, what is going on here. Oh, okay, so while he's rhythmically rooting and pressing, he is with his other hand scooping the hair off my head and holds my head in place. All right, now his tongue mirrors the actions of his fingers, claiming me, so I'm assuming he's got 14-foot arm length here. Kaiju battle! Shed version. My legs begin to stiffen as I push against his hand. Which one? I have no idea. He gentles his hand, which someone will have to show me later how that works. So I'm brought back from the brink. I come instantly again and again, falling apart beneath him. Okay, so now she is the building that he has crushed in the kaiju battle. Roar! Goliath smash or something. Which then, because... They're made out of cardboard. I'm building again. I climax anew, calling out his name, Mothra. (laughs) Go forth, Mothra. 
<laughs> Suddenly, he grabs me, tipping me across his lap. Okay, so now we have somehow picked up, rotated like an Arby's piece of roasted gyro, gyro, gyro. How do you pronounce that? All right, yeah, there. Have you read this book? With one smooth movement, he angles his body so my torso is resting on the bed beside him. But remember, she's across his lap. Okay. Are you picturing it now? So, okay. I need like a 3D model or some sort of... Visual aids. All right, here we go. We have visual aids. Ladies and gentlemen, Keo Foxtrot will now help out with the visual aids. All right. All right, so here we go. So now you're across the lap. There you go. That's good. All right. Now, with one smooth movement, he angles his body so my torso is resting on the bed beside him. There you go. All right, good there. He throws his right leg over mine and then plants his left forearm small on my back. Seriously, they're playing Twister. It's the only thing I can think of in this scene. He places his hand on my naked behind. That's very important. Naked, okay, take your pants off. Okay, no, there you go. Where was I in this? I don't even know. Oh, don't forget that he plants his left forearm on the small of my back, holding me down so I can't move. With his naked behind, softly fondling me, stroking around with his flat palm. So apparently you're giving him a reach around. 50 sheds of reach around. Somehow we have had... They should have called this 50 sheds of tentacle monster. I think that'd be a much more accurate thing here. And then his hand is no longer there, just... And he hits me hard. Smack! Yeah, I like it. Do it, Daddy. Suddenly, he sits up and tugs my panties off and throws them on the floor. Because apparently you weren't naked before this point. I thought the ass was naked. That, well, are you in this segment? Is there any comment? It's live. It's whatever. I know. No kidding. She grew a pair of panties. Sweet. You know, I mean, it could be whatever you want to be. I have a request. Yes. Um, you have a page later, number? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, but later, we need to uh, play a game of Twister with all the first suitors, and you need to narrate everything that is going on. And then Left we can tentacle do a comparison. On her naked behind. <laughs> right. She's not naked. It's not naked, but... You know, <laughs> says the ass who's obviously exposed to everybody over here, you know? It's like... Here we... This could have been a thong, you this know? This is some classic writing. This know? is some classic writing wow. here. Pulling off his boxer briefs, because that's hot. His erection springs free. Holy cow! He kneels and pulls a condom over his considerable length. Oh no, will it? How? See, I told you this is written by a gay guy. Nobody's be like, oh, look at the flies of my dick. Yeah. We should do this next one in some other voice. What do we need? We need suggestions from the audience. And that was... T- Herbert the pervert? And that's that's time. You beguile me, Christian. Completely overwhelm me. Like, I feel like Icarus flying too close to the sun. 
No, that is not hot at all. But we <laughs> ran out of time. So, 50 Sheds of Grey for your listening disapprovement. Why do we do these again? I, it's Thank you. It's no encores. I'm just kidding. Good night, Cleveland. There will be no encores. Can I have my iPad back? <laughs> I don't need mouse. this. How did you manage to disable the notes feature? I was trying to airdrop this to myself so I could give you your iPad. I uninstalled like, all the Apple bloatware. All right. That was the break. <laughs> He's so pretty. <laughs> And then he installed Google stuff on top of it, because that's so clean. I need to do this. <laughs> For What It's Worth Live is brought to you by Fido, who isn't here, but if he was here, we'd call him up on stage right now, and Rue would give him three hugs. So instead, he has a coupon for three hugs. <laughs> Apparently, he was getting, whoa, a kiss. Mm, yeah. What, did you just like Euro kiss? You just placed, oh yeah, oh, place it on my naked buttocks, yes. <laughs> also, we want to, because we've sold out for him too. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Doritos Locos Tacos from Taco Bell, <laughs> also known as Docos. I still don't know how to say it right. He told me and I didn't understand it. Tacos. He used like X's and Z's in pronunciation and it didn't make sense. Is it Docos? I think it's Docos. So it's here we funny go. because he actually changed his telegram to say Doritos Locos. He did. So <laughs> if you feel like this is actually worth your time and money, patreon.com slash FWIW. No one else had it. Backslash. Backslash. Tilde. Tilde. Exclamation point. Okay, so we just had a moment Your of mom. feel goods. Thanks to Oaken sharing how he kind of connected with the community, I guess. Connected? Yeah, connected. Yeah. And now we're going to move on to the larger scope. So how do we how does the, how do we fit into this world? So take the where we started and how you fit into the fandom, and then how do you fit into this world? Well, it is a great big universe, and we are all really puny. It's tiny you, little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney, actually. <laughs> are you changing yourself to fit the expectations of others? Anybody? Everybody has a dumb voice. I can't hear you. You want to say you that in your me. mic? Well, whether you admit it or not, everybody changes a little at some point to fit in somewhere. Okay. When's the point that we stop saying that we're going to fit in with others and just say F it all and just go out and go completely nuts? Is that the point where we don't have to live at home with our parents and are making money on our own? Or what is that? Hey, my mic turned off. Neat. (laughs) (laughs) I've been talking too much! What did you get for dropping it? Yeah. You, you had something. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Hi, my name's Kalisa Gisep. And, um, well, I just wanted to say that uh, I went through a period in my life where I was, I was about 14 years old, and I moved across three states from the state of California to the state of Idaho. And, you know, at that time in my life, I really had, I felt like I had to change a lot about myself to try to fit in with people there and especially people my age there. Um, it's a very different depositional environment, you know, for kids growing up in Idaho than it is from a little surf town in California. <laughs> and, you know, I lived through that until my senior year of high school, and then I moved to Salt Lake, you know, with all the other Utah furs, and 
no, I kind of kept the furry fandom to myself in that way. Um, but there was also a lot of things unrelated to the whole fandom that I changed about myself to try to, you know, gain that acceptance. And it was really tough for me for, you know, six years, you know, feeling like I was an outsider. Like, one of my favorite activities when, when I left were, you know, go skateboard with my friends and, you know, hang out outside and stuff, you know. Not go drive trucks around in the desert and shoot guns and blow stuff up, <laughs> you know. Um, which, you know, I Sounds guess... like I, fun. When are we going again? Yeah, I mean, we do <laughs> live in Reno here, so, you know, there's nothing but BLM land around us. So. <laughs> Don't check your watch on me. I saw that. <laughs> I was getting a text message. I have this new wonderful thing here saying, it's like, oh, am are, are I all done, says my, my dear loving fox. Aww. So it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what I wanted to say with this is that, you know, the furry fandom kind of turned into something where I, you know, put what I felt like I couldn't put, you know, forward to my, my friends and my family, you know, as, you know, just trying to um, preserve part of myself, I guess, from being you know, lost and destroyed. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Go ahead. Hello, my name is Hunter again. Um, Hi, Hunter. So, oh yeah. The, to, I never said my last name last time. <laughs> no, that Hunter's like what people actually call me. So somebody in the audience says, did you change personas already? <laughs> Listen, spits is a very important problem in our society right now. Just think of all the porn that needs to be redrawn every time that you get a new species. Uh, that's what keeps artists in business. Economy. Can uh, we yes. let Mr. Again continue? All, all, all about supporting local business uh, within the furry fandom. Um, so growing up, uh, my mother did a lot of sus substance abuse as well as my father. My father had anger issues. Divorce, custody change, yada yada, lots of things. Um, and a lot of the time I was finding myself in a very unstable, uh, rather explosive environment. Uh, as an example, just before coming here, my grandfather offered to take me out to dinner and this angered my dad somehow, and so he kind of erupted, and there's more logic to that and stress that happens on his end, but there's really ridiculous small things that set off incredibly large explosions in my world and my family. And I found the furry fandom a while ago, and I just saw a community that was fair with an amount of openness that I hadn't had the opportunity to experience before and I kind of fell in love with it. And that's how I ended up here. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there any anything else that anybody wants to share as far as how do you fit? Oh, oh we have the ass again. Hi. <laughs> so anybody knows me personally knows my attitude towards fitting in. Which is basically, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I am who I am, and if you don't like it, it's your problem. But it's kind of an enlightenment thing. A few years ago, because of this fandom, I made that decision. Um, it was actually a conscious decision to let go of trying to fit in. And one thing I found out is 
the less you worry about trying to fit into society, the more you find the people that you actually fit in with. I, I just like to say that I've come to have that same attitude to a lot of different things. And going back to the question how I felt coming to BLFC as my first con, I just kind of opened the door and walked around. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, wasn't a big moment for me because I was, just felt like, you know what, I chose to come here, I spent the money, this was my decision, and I'm having fun, you know. All right, so this comes to our next point. I think we're... We have three people. Oh, oh, go ahead. Can I give a random thought to why does that guy not have like a Richard Nixon mask on? Because then we could have dick and ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Try the veal. Tip your waitresses. I'm here all night, unfortunately, for you. <laughs> um, so I'm Lexi. Uh, I'm a trash panda. As a species. Damn trash pandas. <laughs> And um, so I, th I think that's sort of the question before, and, and this one sort of... Lexi, turn yourself about 90 degrees so you can talk uh, the other 90 degrees. Yes, there you go. Towards there you the go. Speak toward the top of that ice cream cone. Put your lips like almost like touching. There you go. Deep throat it. Um. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pretend it's your favorite fox. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, um, but I, I think that sort of as a um, view of sort of where I set, sit in the world, um, I think that sort of... Um, I don't know. Maybe it has to do a lot with my age, but um, I sort of, sort of, um, was it existential nihilism and stuff like that, and sort of just not like the freedom of not having a purpose and not really, and sort of having. I don't know. It's weird, sort of, if you live too structured, um, you know, sort of with a family that tells you what how you're supposed to be, then sort of just being like, oh, f it all. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so I think that sort of my philosophy is kind of just, you know, there's no real point to me. I'm just sort of, I'm here to have fun and sort of, you know, do what, you know, do what I do. And um, I, I think that there's this, this poem that has a, um, a line in it, and uh, I think it sort of encompasses um, what sort of how I approach life. And it's, um, you know, because what's, what's, uh, what's a good night, uh, what is a good night's worth without a story to tell? And sort of just, um, yeah. Um, but but I mean, at the same time, I also flip uh, flip to where my sister's at, uh, at sometimes, where it's very, you know, well, there's no, you know, sort of same vein of no purpose, other, you know, no individual purpose, but rather only, f you know, sort of supporting the group, sort of, you know, sort of we exist to um, sort of leave a legacy and leave the world better than, you know, we as people are not important. It's only important how, you know, because we can only do so much, but if we can, you know, spread our, you know, influence or whatever. Um, so, in other words, leaving it, leaving it better than you yeah. found it. Yeah, yeah, and, um, but I, I think sort of, sort of, um, the f first part of the philosophy I was talking about sort of, I think, led into why I joined the furry fandom, which just being like, whatever, like, I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna go and you know find this group of people and it's really easy to have this I, I refer to it as a networking tool but people get weird like weird about that but it's just you know i can just go into a city and just be like go to a fur meet and now i have friends um yeah so um and sort of just letting go and sort of like just um and sort of 
I'm sorry, I'm probably talking too much. No, no, um, you're fine. You're fine. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm busy most of the time and sort of reclusive at times. So I'm just like, why don't I just spend an entire week, like, having as much fun as possible, you know, away from work and school? <laughs> and just, uh, yeah. So. Awesome. So let's go to our guest real quick on this one little piece. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. How do you, how do furries fit in this world and how do you fit in your day-to-day life? So I have a really weird perspective on this because I have my professional life, my life that I present to my friends from back home, my furry perceptive and our perception, and I also do drag, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, I have so many personas. Um, Don't destroy things. Um, So it's kind of hard to define exactly how you fit in without honestly just giving into the I don't give a fuck uh, mentality because it's hard to try to care 100% about what everyone's thinking about you and all of the different aspects um, because... If I try to think too hard about one, I'm going to start losing myself into another, and it all starts to become a jumbled mess, kind of like my talking right now. Um, It is rather hard to set up here. hmm? It is kind of hard to set up here. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, I actually have a question on this one, too. So, like, what does it really matter about the whole, I mean, you, you placed it as the I don't give a fuck philosophy, but transform that just slightly and say... It's not that you don't give a fuck, because you obviously do, but it's just that you care more about what you think of yourself than what others think of you. Yeah. Right? So why do we spend all of this time, this effort, this energy talking about how... What, why are we thinking about this as like what people are thinking about me as opposed to a positive outlook on life and thinking about how we think of ourselves? Is that a good enough segue that you just shoved in front of me there? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So go ahead. This next question. When you look into a mirror, what do you see? Horror. Are you comfortable <laughs> with yourselves? Aww. Who actually are you? Sorry, I don't know why. No, it's okay. A melting toaster? <laughs> <laughs> you just brought that from the last episode. You're like, that was such a great question. We did talk about it more. Such a great so, so the, yeah, famous, uh, great segue. Go ahead. I I don't like looking in mirrors. Seriously, like this is funny, but I, this is how I feel when I look in a mirror. Like, <laughs> like I do. Um, so but you're so fluffy, <laughs> right? So That's Tugs, the how do you fit within yourself? I uh, barely. <laughs> More lube. Skin does a good job of it, actually, of keeping it inside there. No, I'm my own worst enemy. I I don't like so a lot of you. Uh, in the audience, listen to us, and it's really, it's, first of all, it's kind of surreal for us, because we, we make this thing, and we throw it into this vast pit of the internet, and then people listen to it, but, like, it's not tangible, right? This is one of the few times it's like, okay, apparently people actually are listening to the stuff that we do, which is kind of surreal, um, but people will talk to me, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you guys are, like, super in the know, and super confident, and I would totally come ask you for, and it's like, I'm nowhere near as confident about myself because it's like what we were saying that I don't have my own personal core being in the fight. So it's easy for me to go, well, yeah, well, you should do this. But then when it's me, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't 
put the flashlight away. I don't want to see anything, uh, which is really hard. Uh, but there's also a thing doing this up here where it's at some point you just are like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> and that's that's all that lyric is going to pop if I don't give him a second. Nope, nope, nope. No, use this. All right. So um, on this topic, just the, the idea of how you fit in with yourself, it's kind of, it's one of those things. So I think we all are wired for connection. I think by default, we're, we're wanting to connect and belong. We're wired. That's why we keep going after it. We keep trying to connect with new people. We keep sending messages. We get, you know, we'll go meet someone or we want to join a group, try and fit in and things like that. Um, and I think with that said, we're also, we have a couple things dealing, well, kind of working against us. And really the main one is shame, um, which it's interesting. So there's kind of a visceral reaction just voicing the word shame. Some people cringe, they go, Ugh, that's not me. I want nothing to do with that. That's nice. That happens to other people. Well, science says that if, if you don't have any shame, then you know psychopathology is right there hanging next to you. So you do, um, uh, but it's like, I'd rather, have a little shame. Um, but anyway, it's, there's two tapes that shame has that we're wrestling with. One is never good enough. I'm not enough, not good enough. And if you can talk it out of that one, it's who do you think you are? So it goes back and forth. And so to, to kind of go on what Tugza said, it's like, we, you know, you can sit up here, you can do something, you can look completely confident and up in the head. It's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So Why Nuka, are you, you already answered this question, but what, are, um, what are the requirements and expectations that you, know you his have? Name's not Nuka, right? I mean, not Nuka. I'm sorry, lyric, <laughs> oh, lyric. Yeah. Sorry, um, lyric. How what? long have you known lyric I'm in this life? Here, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying. You are. You're okay. trying us all. It's okay. Continue. Um, what are the requirements and expectations that you have uh, within yourself, and how do they affect you? So that's actually really difficult for me um, because my background has kind of been, I kind of went through a couple episodes, I'd say, of different periods of my life where I was brainwashed, whether it be by religion, whether it be by a corporate culture, because I did work for Apple for a long time. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, uh, so anyway, it's, it's one of those things where it does take some time to recover because a lot of times the expectations that I have, I'm actually putting on myself. No one else is actually putting those on me. So it's this little, you know, and the hard part is controlling that voice that's in my head that's saying that I'm not good enough that says, oh my gosh, you're such a fuck up. You know, instead of, instead of telling me that I'm like, you know, treating myself badly, it's like, no, you messed something up. You're not a fuck up. And, you know, differentiating that. So you'll find that how you talk to yourself kind of also dictates how capable you are to actually love and care about others. So if you're speaking poorly to yourself, you can't give what you don't have, I think is probably the best way to put it. So anyway, from, from that standpoint, it's taken me a while to get there. There's been a lot of like wrestling with worthiness, you know, being worthy of love and belonging. Um, but realizing that at the end of the day, I am enough, you know, I can wake up and go, okay, I want to live and, and love and, you know, breathe with my whole heart. I want to live and be who I am. I don't want to be something, you know, that someone else wants me to be. Cause I did that for the first 25 years of my life. So it's time. Like, I'm like, from this point forward, it's like, I'm going to go dance on that floor. I can't dance to save my life, but I'm sure I can jump up and down to the beat. You know, it's like, and I'm going to do it tonight, maybe with some alcohol, maybe not, you know, I don't really care at this point, but you know, there were times where it's like, oh gosh, I can't do that. Gosh, no, I, I have no talent. I can't do that. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm shaking. I'm ready to run. I'm feeling it. I'm ready to run. Ready. So it's that type of feel. And that does go away, but it is a conscious, it, it never totally goes away. You do still think about it. So just don't think that you're the only one. So that voice in your head, everybody has that. 
we have about seven minutes if people want to use the microphone before we go forward. Hi, I'm Kura. I'm a Husky. Um, and to just reiterate what the ass said over there, he's actually full of wisdom because I was the same way where... Better an ass full of wisdom than an ass full of shit. Yeah. Uh, so instead of, you know, always worrying about what other people think of me, it's, you know, I just have to worry what I think of me, not what other people said. And, yeah. And I know the rabbit over there has been craving it all evening. If you need some mod- vodka, come see me later. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'll be there shortly. Yes, come join our room. So my last little piece that I want to add to what he said is it's natural to care about what other people think. That's why we care about the likes on social media. That's why we care about the retweets and whatnot. You can't get away from that. It's just true. You need some validation. But at the same time, it's don't go seeking you know, the support of the stranger at the mall in your projects and your endeavors. You should be seeking the people that are closest to you. The people that you could, you know, count that you could tell anything. It's like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this thing that just happened to me. It's like, do you have five minutes? I need to talk. And this person could be in the middle of their work day. It's like, oh, this is serious. Yes, what's up? You know, and they'll take the time. When you, when, it's one of those things that it does actually does matter kind of how people perceive you to a certain degree. You do care, even though everyone says I don't care. I'm living my life. You do care a little bit. And so to, to not acknowledge it at all is kind of dangerous. But just know that it's there. Um, know that it's okay. Um, and that you should not necessarily worry about the critics. They're not the ones who count. You should definitely worry about, you know, more the people that are closer to you. Are they behind you? And if not, maybe you need new friends. Maybe you need new support. Well, very well put. Is anyone else going to come up to the mic? Any takers? Victims? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, there we go. There we go. So my name is... Mr. X, Werger Roman X, because people have problems pronouncing it. But coming to people looking at yourselves, a reflection, I find that a lot of times in my life, I don't have time for everybody to look at me and go, oh, that guy's disgusting or whatever. I, I don't have time for that. So for myself, I find certain people in my life close to me, like you said, to actually say, hey, what do you think of me? How do you think I am in my life? That's what I care about. I like their input, so that way I can change myself for the better. The same thing is if they're looking like a pile of ass, I'll tell them, hey, you need to clean yourself up. That's my opinion of things. I also like the phrase a pile of ass. <laughs> like, you look like a pile of ass. <laughs> or you have marble breath. <laughs> That's the best. Are you going up, Adelore? Yeah. Hello. My mm-hmm. name is Adelore. I want to... Raider a little bit one on what Lyric said actually in that shame is a part of it and it's kind of like a weird sine wave function of shame and acceptance and furry has really helped with that acceptance part of it. I grew up with a under kind of a household that really expected me to be certain things and it was a small town environment that also just there were just a few different paths I could have taken and those would have been all okay and I took none of those paths. Um, I made a lot of poor choices for myself in my early life that have left me with an image of myself that I'm not exactly happy with. I look at myself in the mirror every day and think, man, I could have done so much better 15, in those past 15 years or so. And, but I also accept that, that that's gone and 
I'm okay with what I am, even at just, I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. And there are a lot of furries out there who would look at me and think, wow, that guy looks perfect. Like, I would want to be with him. And <laughs> it's, and furry is just accepting. It's, there's someone out there who thinks you're perfectly all right, and not everyone, it's, there, sure there are people out there criticizing you as well, but you can be who you are and just be okay in this community. The little golf claps. I love them. Hi again. Uh, my name is Hunter, still. Um, <laughs> He's you didn't, changed you didn't personas change again. again. <laughs> you get the last word. Um, I also, once again, going back to my family, I have a very difficult time uh, getting past just having them accept me because... Um, Unlike uh, just the people who you hang out with, you really don't have the option to just walk away from your relatives, your father, mother, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's kind of tough with that when uh, you get judged by them very hard. Um, they found out that I was coming here a while ago, and basically took every action that they could possibly take to try and make this not happen, but the problem is, is that I'm 19 now, so there's not much they can do. Um, and I, I guess I just ended up in a position with them where I had found myself doing every action of my life to try and uh, he's what they would expect from me um, and it kind of just tears you apart because you're dedicating a large portion of your life to something that eventually you just decide to walk away from and I guess just coming here and making it to BLFC it was kind of a moment of yeah, I kind of need to stop caring about your opinion, as difficult as that is, and I, as much as that opinion comes from a place of love and care, it's just something that's difficult to handle. You have to establish boundaries, healthy yeah. boundaries. Yeah, and love doesn't have qualifiers. That's the other thing. So. Can, can we get you to say that again? Uh, you had to establish boundaries is what it was. And I've been dealing with that too with my family for various reasons. But the other half is that love doesn't have qualifiers. You can't put qualifiers around love. And so right. when they do that, that's kind of like, uh, wait a minute. So that's why you're feeling that awkward. It's like, but you're family, but you're doing this. I'm confused. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see. You had a quote that you wanted to share, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, a little bit of a preface on this too, guys. At the end of the day, unless anything out there affects your well-being, your ability to make money, your ability to love, your ability to eat and have someplace safe, it doesn't really matter. You know, if a dragon walks in the room with a leather jock and this offends you somehow, <laughs> which I kind of want to know where you got that from because I have a fat butt and would like to fit into something and like that. And, mm, that looks good. On the other hand, I'd like to turn you around and fit into anything on the other side. But... Oh the my. end of the day, we are talking about fitting in. So. We are talking about fitting in. And, mm, <laughs> show me your dragon's horde. Anyway, <laughs> is that, 
Is that the time's almost up there? Yep. There you go. At the, I mean, at the end of the day, unless it's something political with an orange orangutan talking about, you know, like how he's going to take away your life and your job and your climate and your economy and your everything like that, don't panic about it. And to uh, quote Mr. Peanut Butter, Sweetie, you know I'm going to support you, whatever you want to do, but you're not going to find what you're looking for in these awful made-up places. The universe is a cruel and uncaring void. The key to being happy isn't a search for meaning. It's just to keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense. And eventually, you'll be dead. Wow. Great way, great way. Any, any, okay. No. No, well, I was just going to say to our guest, anything else that you would like to say, but that's it. It's gone already. It's gone. Okay. We're doing this now. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to Get Psyched with Dr. Nuka. Applaud, people. Oh my gosh. Make a sign next time. (laughs) (laughs) Audience. 1945. The world was a dark and dangerous place. In the wake of World War II, people were looking for an answer to how the atrocities of that war could have transpired. How could people be capable of such evil? In the follow-up to the war were the Nuremberg Trials, the trials where the high-ranking Nazi officers were brought to explain what had happened and how they had been capable of that kind of act. In the follow-up to those trials, people were confused because the answer most frequently given was, I was just following orders. I was doing what I had been told. People wondered, how could you just do that? How could you follow orders to do such kind of atrocities in the concentration camps? How could you follow such orders? Because I, as a moral person, wouldn't have done those kinds of things. And it's comforting, isn't it, to think that we wouldn't be capable of that kind of immorality. We know, after all, what's right and wrong. We know what we would do in that situation, don't we? Talking to the civilians in the cities afterwards, you found much the same thing. They knew what was going on in the cities, or at least they had an inkling, and yet they couldn't bring themselves to do anything. They couldn't bring themselves to stop the atrocity from happening. And again, it's comforting to think to ourselves, those are the bad people, those are the evil ones, the immoral ones. I wouldn't have done the same thing in that situation. A man by the name of Stanley Milgram in the early 1960s put that to the test, wanting to see exactly what the average person was capable of doing if someone in authority gave them an order. In the experiment, he brought people into a room, sat them down in front of a panel with a bunch of switches on it. They were told that this was an experiment to look at how punishment affects learning. In the other room, across from them, they could only hear, they couldn't see, was a confederate of the researcher. This was a person who was paid to act. And they were trained to give the same set of responses every time. Now, the participant sitting there was told, this is a very simple task. You read off pairs of words to the person in the other room, and if they make a mistake, you give them a shock. And every time they make a mistake, you increase the voltage and you up the shock. The voltage machine went from 15 volts all the way to 450 volts. And just to make sure it was very clear to the participant what this entailed, there were labels beneath the voltages. Minor shock, moderate shock, severe shock, and finally triple X at the very end. They were also given a small shock themselves to know exactly what they were inflicting on the other person. The experiment proceeded and they continued to give increasing shocks to the person in the other room as they made mistakes. 
The small cries of pain turned into protests, turned into agonized screams. They started pleading with the experimenter to stop. They started refusing to answer. And finally, most chilling of all, they stopped responding altogether. At this point, the participant is convinced of one or two things. The person in the other room has been knocked unconscious or has been killed by their actions. Now, the researcher in the room with the participants watched the whole thing and was given a very specific set of instructions. Don't restrain the participant. Don't prevent them from leaving. If they're showing any signs of apprehension, the only thing you're allowed to do is tell them the experiment requires that you continue. You must go on. Milgram and others were shocked to find that 100% of people in the study went on to administer severe shocks, and 65% of participants went on to the entire length of 450 volts, administering shocks long after the participant in the other room was thought to be dead. It's easy, hearing the results of these studies, to think, those are the evil people, those are the bad people. I wouldn't have done those things. And yet, that's the exact same thing every person who did that study thought. They thought, afterwards, when being interviewed, that they wouldn't be capable of such a thing. They knew what right and wrong were. They knew what the wrong thing to do was, and yet it didn't help them. It didn't matter how uncomfortable they were with the situation. It didn't matter how much they didn't want to do it, because in that moment, the situation was telling them what to do, not them. So what does this have to do with furries? We don't, after all, shock other furries. We very rarely have to harm other furries. And yet, it's relevant, because the situation very often determines our behavior, not what we think is right or wrong. Watch a bunch of furries ganging up on another furry, bullying him, picking on him for something, and you'll find yourself in that situation where you know what the right thing to do is, and yet you can't bring yourself to do it. You can't bring yourself to step in and tell him to stop. It's comforting to say, oh, I would step in. I'd be the one person that stood up to the group of five or 10 or 20 people. And yet, until you're in that situation, you're just another one of Milgram's participants. This has been a short look at the science of situations influencing behavior. I'm Dr. Nuka. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Get Psyched. Stop it. I'd like to point out he did that completely without a script in his hand. He did. <laughs> Another round of applause for that. Thank you. You know how many times that he's been practicing that? It's awesome. More than me. Okay, so before we start the game, which I'm going to have my chairperson do the chair thing. Um, we have a couple of people here who pledged to Patreon, right? Are you, is, I know we have one. Hi. Thank you. Okay, so we've done quite a few things for Patreon uh, people, but one of the things we wanted to do was this, which is who agrees that Nuka needs a better microphone? <laughs> here is his microphone live on the spot. No, come up here. Come, bring him up here. Bring him up here. Yes. <laughs> so um, we just want to say, let's come over here. This is all set up because this is not awkward now. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Hold up. Do a Zelda thing. There we go. There's his mic, everybody. He's going to take it home and record good segments now. Yay. Thank the you. circle mm -hmm. of Mike. You can sit down now. He'll be back in a minute, though. Don't worry. What's Mike doing in that circle? Okay, so we have a new game this time. And normally what we do at these shows is we do um, match game. And match game is terribly long, and it, it sucks. 
It doesn't suck. It just takes really, really long, and it gets boring for everybody else. You have the wrong microphone too. You need the you need oh. the Bob Barker penis. Oh, okay. So we'll we'll trade. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So while they're doing that, I'm going to need a couple volunteers minimum, but I need one right now. So who wants to be a volunteer? You sure? You were first. Voluntold. Hunter? Hunter's Hunter? been on the show 73 times now. You'll though. be second. Yeah. Go ahead and we'll sit take, there. We'll the but he just changed his persona. I mean, people are starting to go Hunter again. Okay, one helper from the back, and then Hunter, you can come sit in the victim chair. Turn it so you face this chair. You're just following Turn, orders. There you go. Okay, this. good. Now, now I need. Ke- well, wait. Sorry, no. As much as I want you to be here, I want you to be there. But I want Keo in this chair. Oh. I don't like that. I'm going to give you a microphone. Don't worry. I don't like where this is going. Oh, it's going great places. So this game is called What Did You Say? Have you seen What Did You Say? Okay. So do you guys know what um, telephone is? We thought about doing telephone. It's It's an angel dragon. Telephone. Just turn it on. No, it's not the dragon telephone. But um, basically, we're going to be playing a game of telephone. But the rules are is that he's going to be um, having some noise-canceling headphones on that's going to be playing some really loud music. Megadeth, actually. This game. And he is going to be um, giving him a, a sentence. And you have to repeat on. that sentence. So you can all you can do is just basically yell the words out and try to have him read your lips. Well, not yell them, but you know. You just speak normally. I'm going to give you a card. So, these um these are the blanks, and the reason I have blanks is because so here are the real ones. As you can see, you can kind of see through them a little bit. So now you can't. You should test the microphone and the headphones here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Fox, can you hear me? Yes. Damn it. We have to play the music. I don't first. have the music on, but so I'll do that now. <laughs> Prepare to go deaf. Let us know if it's too loud. Can you hear us? No. Okay. We're all good. We're all good. Okay. So what I'd like you to do is you have to read the phrase in its entirety for the first go round. Okay. And then you can go in parts and Keo will prompt you. But oh, wait. Let's do a quick test. Can you hear what I'm saying? What? Oh, you can't hear. You just said I, you could. Can you hear me? You want louder? Lips. He's cheating. He can hear what we're saying. Where are you right now? Yankee Stadium, Roger. <laughs> we can hear the music, so if you can still hear us. Okay, so um, I am a fox. You're a penis. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, here we'll, ha- we'll take we'll take the microphone away. Okay. I'll have I'll have you uh, I'll have you start, and then Keo will just guess into the microphone. That way, you can't your what you're saying won't get heard by the by uh, Keo. So read the whole phrase. No, 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 no mic. No mic. Otherwise. Oh, I didn't know if you're recording this. Okay. I loved a noodle while listening to Gangnam Style because I'm not crazy. I wanted to ride a pony, but I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I, I love, love a noodle. Not me. No, no oh. pantomiming. Oh, no like Sorry, we didn't explain That's fine. that. I loved a noodle while listening to Aloysia. Hope, 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 hope. Lofty. I, I loved, loved a 
A. Eat. <laughs> a noodle. Yeah, what? <laughs> a noodle. <laughs> a noodle. You woo? <laughs> Noah, Noah woo. woo. $3,000 fine here, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. I loved a noodle while listening to Gangnam Style. <laughs> Corn. <laughs> 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 okay, you get three more tries. Q, you're doing a terrible job. Just want you to know that. Should I try pantomiming with the last three? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So, I... Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> I love... I, 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 I love... A... You could really hear the music, doodle. too. Hand puppets dancing. <laughs> I love to hand puppets dancing. Okay, so we're pretty close. Wow. Why? Listening. Listen. I can't. I, to. Listen to. Gangnam style. Gay cowboys riding. <laughs> it's so accurate. It's uncanny. Why? I. Am. Am gay. Not yet. <laughs> no. Crazy. Crazy. Because you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a I fail. Yeah. Love. What am I at? A. E- eating. No. A. It. A. Hate. A. <laughs> Noodle. <laughs> Shit. Time's up, so. time's up. Doom, doom, time's doom, doom, up. Wong. All right, now you say the phrase. I loved a noodle while listening to open, or sorry. I loved, <laughs> I loved a noodle while listening to Gangnam Style because I'm not crazy. You're an evil person. <laughs> you put this together. I did, I did. All right. I'll take the blank. You can keep your souvenir. Theo, you're free. Oh, you're free. Now, who All right, we... Nuka, come be a victim. Yes, you do. You're In next. this psychological experiment, you will be subjected to... Oh! oh. Sitting in the other chair. You're guessing. It doesn't matter what seat you sit in. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to realize that the other side's probably more I sounded so smart. I'm about to sound so stupid. It's okay, but you're a doctor. You've proven it to us already. Okay, so I'm going to start the music. I'm going to turn this down so you don't go deaf. And then you tell me when you can't hear anymore. Are you ready? <laughs> hey, hey, Nuka. Hey. God, it's all toilet sounds. Hey, hey, Nuka. <laughs> you're good. I can, I can Hi. Move. I like cookies. Still hearing. I, I like... All right, we're... Okay. Okay, he's he's too loud. Too loud? It's too loud. I can hear it. Is that better? Okay. I think we're good. Ruchi likes to milk his cookies teeny tiny teats. Tugs. I'm going away. Slower. I'm leaving this room. Then go to bed with his Homer Simpson hairs. I don't think I could say it. Ruchi. Ruchi. 
Wookie. <laughs> Ruchi likes. Would you like? Nope. Ruchi likes. Enunciator. Break up my name. Ruchi. Ruchi likes. To milk. To. 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 Milk. Say it again. Milk. Pill. Milk. She's got a prop. Milk. Pilly. Milk. <laughs> Speak up, man. <laughs> Two milk. Something milk. Yeah. Ruchi likes to milk. To puke. <laughs> Ruchi likes to puke milk. His cookies. His cookies. His. <laughs> I'm really trying. His. Do it again. His. His. Cookies. This makes again. fascinating cookies. radio. Cookies. I want you to know that. It's great. Teeny. <laughs> Teeny. Silly. <laughs> Teeny. Lee. You can pantomime. Pantomime if you want. <laughs> Tini. Thiele. <laughs> Thiele. We're at Thiele. Tini. Tini. Tea leaves. So I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting tea leaves over here. Tini tiny teats. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear Nuka say that. No. Right. It's, it's all. Ruchi likes to milk his cookies. Nope. All right. Okay. He's giving up. You've done very well. It's all me. <laughs> no, he's kidding. You didn't. Please, please tell me this is over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Take them off. Yeah. Yeah. The... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what music are you listening? I don't know, but it's total Metal? sound. What kind? It's Megadeth. <laughs> are you? Are you? You're not death, are you? No. Okay. Good. All right, go ahead and read it. All right, here it is. Ruchi likes to milk his cookies teeny tiny teats, then go to bed with his Homer Simpson hairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're both free. I'll take the blank from you. You keep your souvenir. You're up. France is in Europe. No, you got to come sit up here. Germany. <laughs> you're the next contestant. <laughs> All right, and you're our last volunteer. All right, any chair you want? Nope. Nope, because then you'll hear. Grab that. All right, ready for your card? Actually, wait, let me make sure this is the best Tugs one. Tugs wouldn't let me use my soundtrack because it was like Green Acres and it's weird. You can choose since we have extras. <laughs> Fine living is life for me. I do. <laughs> I come up with them. Wait, take the blank, cover the back. This is what happens you go. when I don't pre-read. All right. Okay, I sincerely cannot hear a single thing right now. It's pretty impressive. All right. Anytime you're ready, go ahead. I like to role play as a female sea 
So do I. <laughs> I went to San Tropez and then fucked a donkey. <laughs> that was close. That was close. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> I. Lick. Like. A lollipop of donkey. <laughs> Shop trope. I like to roll my blocks. I like to role play. Yes. Woo! And ass. I like to role play and suck some cocks. I like to role play with a melon. Eleven melons. <laughs> Eleven whole melons. You have to tell me what he's talking because I don't know exactly what the commentary is and when it's not now. Okay. 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 Female. Female. Filipino. <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> Flip off. We're getting warmer. We're getting warmer. Feel Pete. <laughs> Feet paws. <laughs> Fa, feet, pal, feet pals. <laughs> that would make sense to this audience. Female. Though, right? Yeah. Woo! I like to role play a female. Tacos. <laughs> Dick holes. Seahorses. How did I get seahorses? <laughs> All right, turn this shit up. Something's wrong here. Right. Seahorses? Victoria. In. 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 Anus. In. In. Fist or ass? I like to roleplay as a female seahorse fisting or assing me? Feet token. Feet. So because they begin with buh. Buh. I'm trying to think of things that go like tuh. Ba 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 ta 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 ba 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 sa ba ma ja ba. It's the only thing I can think of. This is a ba ba. Okay, this is your last try. Oh well, nope, no people pulled it off. We're good. No, no, it's fine. It was it was the last try, but you're good. Okay, okay. I like to role play as a female seahorse taking it up the ass. There you go. Okay, go ahead and read it for us. 
I like to roleplay as a female seahorse in Victorian clothing who does the Macarena. <laughs> Good job. All right, since you got the furthest, in addition to getting a souvenir card, you get a huge trophy. That's about all you probably could fit in your luggage. No, I can. I, I range for everything. I have all the room in the world. Oh, nice. Wasn't that fun? That was. That was. That was pretty good. We should do that again sometime. If you guys really want to watch that, we have to give credit to Joseph uh, Mangano. It's actually his yet. It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. So housekeeping, the things that we remind you about about our show. Please find us on Twitter Facebook. and tweet to us. And Facebook. I don't know why you always say Twitter because Facebook is yours. I know, I know. At rabbitvalley.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we want to thank, thank our special remixers, um, Clunk, for doing those remixes. Please, please um, wave here. Our special guest. Keo. And Harvey. Harvey Dent, everybody. Harvey Dent. <laughs> we also have Dr. Nuka. Yay! Look, I got his name right. Yeah. And then we have Lyric. Yes, he got the name. <laughs> and then Mr. Rabbit from Rabbit Valley. Yay. Yay. Also, thank also, you to... thanks to everybody that has come up to participate in the show <laughs> and sharing your stories. We really appreciate it. All right, so our next episode, um, before we tell you that, actually, before we do that, we should say how you're going to get your free stuff. So, Lyric, by the way, I'm giving you directions right now. Um, Lyric is going to come over here. I don't know. No, I didn't. I don't. don't, don't you need that up. box. Lyric will have the box, and he'll make sure you have a ticket, and then he'll give you a color. Now, there's enough of you that I don't think it's going to be terribly bad, but try to, like, just deal with the color you get and then trade with each other. And if you can't, then come back and try and get the color you want, just to make sure everyone can get through. Some of you probably want to go eat. Probably fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. Oh, while, while we're getting that set up, also don't forget, we have a telegram. All right. Yes. Telegram. Uh, sometimes we talk about the show, sometimes we don't. Yeah, sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Um, okay, so the next episode, I'm excited for this one. Uh, we're recording it next week. We are going to have Boozy Badger on as our guest. So, touristing the fandom. He's also going to do Q&A, but you cannot ask him for legal advice. Hey, Tugs, can I ask a stupid question? No. Yes. So, these guys have both parts of the tickets. Yeah. That's, that's fine. We just wanted to make sure they had something. You have something. a number that sends in one. Is it, is it because <laughs> no, it's because we don't want people to get stuff and then leave. Ah, okay. This isn't just spray and pray. No. <laughs> one, three, seven, fourteen, twelve. You How lose. We make people earn their prizes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We should test this, actually. Everyone say a number randomly when I hit the table. Three, two, one. <laughs> Good. This isn't a simulation. We're fine. <laughs> awesome. You guys are funny. It, is there anything else as far as housekeeping? No. I think oh, What do you want people to email in about Boozy? Anything, anything about touristing other fandoms. So I go visit other fandoms. Not anime, sorry, guys. Um, but like, I go to BabsCon sometimes. Okay. Um, but he's been visiting our fandom, and if you guys have been watching, he's been, been looking at porn. <laughs> um, other things, yeah. It's been pretty hilarious, but he is coming on. Um, and then also, start thinking about end-of-season stuff that you want us to play again, because that's coming too. 
Awesome. So that's it. That's all I've got. Telegram, yes. Telegram is, um, you can't search for it because we had a bunch of miners join and we don't like lawyers that much, So, except for Boozy. Hey, I'm going to say, he's your guest star. Except Boozy and um, a couple others. But no, the reality is we don't want miners in there. So you can get in if you go to our show site. It's on the right side with the Telegram logo. Yep. So you're anti-Nevada. Majority of our income comes from gambling and mining. So I don't know what you got against miners. <laughs> ah, they got it. Okay. All right. Well, this has been Rue. This is Tugs. Say your name, Keo. Oh, this is Keo. This is a bunny. <laughs> and everybody else. Rabbitvalley.com. And the crowd. Exactly. And the crowd. For, for what, what it's, it's worth. worth. Yay! All right, everybody, real loud. Please say. For what it's worth. Yay! Thank you. Awesome.